Our Advent reading this morning is from Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or, what he de- or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy, and with justice he will give decisions of the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one that has been born the king of the Jews. We saw the star when it rose and came to worship him. Father God, bless me. Bless this message. Bless those that are not here. In Jesus' name, bless this message. Amen. You ready for this? We're going, we're going to run through this. Hopefully you learn something. You'll hear things that you've known, but hopefully you'll see an application that will bring clarity. This happens after Jesus was born. So they have been brought, Mary Joseph traveled. You know how many miles it was from uh, where Mary and Joseph was to Bethlehem? Ninety. 90 miles, took two and a half weeks, about two weeks to get there. Two weeks, 90 miles. Jeannie and I lived clear out 522 and took us 45 minutes, right? Two weeks. They made it to... The star, uh, the star has rose at the birth of Christ, and the, the Magi saw it. Now, why in the world did the Magi begin to follow this star? Because they studied the stars. One of the things, they were wealthy. They were independently wealthy. I don't know if they had businesses. I don't know if one of them owned Apple or whatever it was. But they have a lot of money, and they did, uh, with their money, Seats over there. (laughs) And so they watched the stars. Now, why did they watch the stars? The reason they watched the stars was because they, when a certain star appeared, it meant a king was born. But this star was different than any other star that they saw. Because the star when a king was born would appear and then it would be bright, but then it would sort of fade. This this star did not fade. So they gathered together the goods that they needed to take a trip. And they created a caravan. A caravan is is a, they probably had camels and horses and donkeys. And they rode these and traveled to the place 
where they needed to go. It was two-year travel, okay? For two years, they followed this star. This star was interesting. It, it, it be, the imagination can't even understand. If you saw it today, you would be absolutely, Time Magazine would have it on its front page. They would. Why? Because the star traveled when they traveled. It moved, leading them like a guide. And at night or in the day, whenever they stopped to rest, guess what the star did? Stopped. It was so bright you could see it in the daytime as well as the night. That's the way the star was. It was absolutely miraculous. The other thing about this star is, is that it was two years for them to follow it. Some people think, think they came from China. I don't know where they came from, but it was in the east. And for two years, they followed this star. They probably had the fight against uh, marauders, people who wanted to kill them and take their goods. and So it was a big caravan. Finally, they came to a place called Jerusalem. And they found out that there was a king there. And they wondered because the star stopped over Jerusalem and it didn't move. And it sat there for a couple days. I don't know how long, a couple days. And they went to the king and they said, King, we realize a, 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 a king has been born and we wonder if you know anything about it. They were hoping they'd say, yes, my son was born. But that's not what he said. Verse 3. When Herod heard of this, he was disturbed. Let's talk about the King Herod for a minute. Why was he disturbed and why, it says, all of Jerusalem with him? When Herod died, he had many people killed so that someone would mourn over his death. Because if he hadn't died, he wouldn't have killed these people. Did you know? Why? Because nobody loved Herod. Not even Hamas. I'm serious. They would have been scared of him. And so all of Jerusalem was scared to death if this man would, something would happen and, and he would begin a tirade of killing people. Why? Because he loved power. He truly, truly loved power. Herod wanted to be the Lord of everything. And so he was scared to death. They were scared to death. And Herod was upset. And so he had all of the chief priests, as it says down here, and, the, and all of the scribes, all the learned people, the people that went to Harvard, Princeton, Columbia, wherever the great scholars of America go. Back then, spirituality was, a, was the thing to be understanding. And so that we want you to find out Search all the history books and find out where this baby is supposed to be born. If he truly is a king, then in prophecy it would have told us where he was going to be born. Do you understand? This, this 
heathen of a guy who was a king understood that in the Bible, the truth about his birth, whoever it would be, would be there. Hello, did you understand what I just said? If you, got, if you, if you ask a scholar today in a scholarly school, an Ivy League school, something of a spiritual nature, they would give you a philosophical answer. But Herod knew the answer was in the Word of God. Did you hear that? And they came back and they said, Bethlehem. This is what the scripture says about Bethlehem. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you will come the ruler, a ruler, who will shepherd my people of Israel. Herod was of Jewish descent, but he was a pagan. And he was the head of Israel under the control of the Roman Empire. And he just read from these scholars that the king that was just born was going to be raised up and rule this nation. So he called the Magi, verse 7, secretly. In other words, he had a meeting with them in his chambers and found out exactly the time that the star had appeared. Why? He wanted to know how old this king was. Where is this guy, number one, Bethlehem, and number two, how old will he be? What am I looking for, Herod wants to know. And Herod wants to know because he wants to do what? Kill him. Remember what I said last week in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. The great dragon was there at the birth of the child to consume it. And there was a war that broke out. And a Jesus' death was in the crosshairs of Satan. And he said to them, he lied to them. He said, go, search carefully. Make sure you got the right man, right baby. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Let's talk about worship for a minute, okay? Something that will relate to you. Okay. I mean, other than Jesus Christ, who do people worship? Who, who was the, the football player that played for the Patriots that's retired now? Brady. People love Tom Brady. They worship him. When he's on ESPN, when they talk about him, they talk about all that he did, all the passes and all the touchdowns and, and all the yards he made and how many Super Bowls he won. And, and they talk about uh, 
him as a quarterback, his character as a quarterback, and you just hear them, they fawn over them, don't they? They did the same thing with Martha Stewart when she was in her prime. They worshipped her. They worshipped her. Who's those, the property brothers on, on the television? I mean, you may or may not. They love them. They're so wonderful. They can make your house look so great. You need them. <laughs> Everybody needs the property brothers. That's worship. Don't you know that? Herod wanted to kill him. The Magi wanted to worship him. I want to talk to you a little bit. The Magi were not Christian, nor were they Jewish, and we don't even know if they were religious. But they sought this Jesus. You know that? They sought this Jesus. They were pagans. Because they know that they knew that if they found this king and they paid homage to him, worshipped him, that there's very likely that in the in the, the stretch of time they would be blessed because they recognize this great man has been born. We don't even do that anymore. We just worship people to make us feel good. There are people here today who are worshiping Jesus just to feel good. Now what's so interesting about him? It was like that song. I couldn't have asked for them to sing a better song. Those, those kings had no idea that Jesus Christ could heal people. They had never heard of him healing me, but he's just a two-year-old baby. That magi, they never heard that Jesus Christ could feed thousands and thousands and thousands of people with two loaves of bread and some fishes. They never heard that. We all worship Tom Brady because of what we've known he had done. This little baby has done nothing yet but be born, and these people were sent by God to come and worship him as an infant because God knows he's going to deliver his people from their sin. Amen. Are you awake yet? They didn't know that he was going to set them free from demons. They didn't know that he was going to conquer Satan. They didn't know the power and the authority that this little baby had within him to accomplish the will of God in this, this world. They didn't know that he was stronger than all the governments of the world, of all the armies of the world, of all the rulers of the world. They didn't know there is no disease he cannot heal. They didn't know he could deliver them from anything. But God did. 
after they heard the king, and I'll get, I got down the wrong road here for a minute, is that all right? After they had heard this from the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen went ahead of them. He started off again, backed up the horses, and the star began to move. I love that. My GPS is not that good. I mean, I can go this way. My GPS can tell me, it never says, it just says, return to route. Return to route. I just look up. There's the star. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Uh, Jeannie and I had five children, and we'd pack our van, and we'd come home for Christmas, and slowly when we got to my mom and dad's house, they'd wake up, and they were just overjoyed to be there because it was the end of their journey. And it says here they became overjoyed. Where, where the star stopped. Verse 11. So Bethlehem was about as big as Dodge Cities during the time of Matt Dillon. Okay, do you, y'all don't watch Gunsmoke? And there were, there were s- several houses there, but there wasn't like 27 neighborhoods. But they had... The star settled over this one house. It says house. Oikos is the Greek word, a place to dwell. And so there's, there's a star. It, set, it sets over this one house. And they saw the child with his mother. She probably came out, and, because I'm, I'm going to tell you, this, this caravan probably surrounded everything. They were huge. they worshipped him not knowing who he was they didn't know who he was and then they opened their gifts it says treasures and they presented to Jesus Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love to listen to preachers talk about those gifts. I mean, they have sliced and diced them so that you understand exactly what we believe their their uh, purpose was. Okay, I think God's very practical. He's very practical, and the reason these gifts were given. You have any, guess why they're given? They have to go to Egypt. And they're going to need money to, to live there. When, he, when they get down there, there's probably carpenters that are already established. And I guarantee you there was enough money and precious treasures to let them live there until Herod dies. 
That's what that gold, frankincense, and myrrh was. It may represent some things. But that's why I gave it to you. Why do I say it? Because God's very practical for you. If you need something and you ask God for it and you truly need it, he'll give it to you. If you need a family, he'll give you a family. You need a friend, he'll give you a friend. You need a spouse, he'll give you a spouse. You, you need children, he'll find a way to give you children. You need a Christian family, he'll give it to you. God's very practical in a relational kind of way. I love this. These, these men had dreams. You'll notice there was not an angel sent to them. They had a dream. So God gave these pagan men dreams and warned them and told them to go a different route back to, uh, to where they lived. So they went around Jerusalem. It was like when you come into Berryville, there's business seven, it takes you around, but then there's the other seven. That takes, they took a round and Herod didn't even know they went home. And so he's sitting there and he's wondering where they are and how long it's taken them. And as soon, verse 13, as soon as they were gone, I don't know what that means, but as soon as they were gone, an angel came to Joseph. He appeared to him. And he didn't say, oh, it's you again, what do you want? He didn't say that. He said, get up. There is something about the holy intervention of an angelic being from God that when he says, get up, you don't wipe your eyes and uh, you get up. This is why it's important to hear God. Now listen what he said. He said, gather together the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, and pack them on a donkey. He doesn't even talk about that. He says, get up, take the child. <laughs> he didn't say your wife. Take your child, and then he says, and his mother. Didn't call him his wife. And escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod's going to search the, for the child and kill him. God knew what was going on. People, wake up. We're in a war. How do I know it? Because God is, I think God has shown me something. Homosexuality, sin. Adultery is sin. All the sexual sins are sin. Okay? All of them. Alcoholism, drug addiction, molestation. Those are all skirmishes. You know what a skirmish is? A skirmish is a part of the army goes over here and they go around and fight like this and that's not really where the battle's going to be. The battle's over on this side. The real battle is here in our heart. 
right here. <clears throat> and if he can get us distracted, like we can go march against, uh, you know, pornography and prostitution and all that's wrong, and we can march against it, but the real issue's here. The battle for the kingdom, book, book of Luke, the kingdom of God is built in the heart of man. The battle for the heart of man is done on your knees before God, not with a picket line. Why does abortion occur? Because we have unregenerated, unsaved Christian men and women who live in adultery. That's why it happens. Well, how do you stop that? On your knees before God, you pray for the soul of your children, your friends, your relatives. That's the war we're in. And it's designed to kill us. I know it sounds like a political message, but it isn't. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and during the night they left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. Oh, he didn't get the best price for his house before he left. He obeyed God. And so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophets. Out of Egypt I will call my son. Did you know that God knew Herod was going to kill the baby at Bethlehem? So he knew that he would send him to Egypt. God had this plan. When he found out that Adam and Eve had sinned, that plan was in place 6,000 years before. And he told prophets on the way that that's what the plan was. We're not meandering through history. We're walking a path of God. And you're part of it because you know Jesus. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, which nobody ever really does, he was furious. And he gave an order to kill all the babies, the baby boys in Bethlehem. Now, being the size of Dodge City, there was only maybe five baby boys, maybe five baby boys. Some, some readers and some authors make it sound like this terrible, terrible amount. One is terrible, Okay. But still, verse 18, the voice heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted. You cannot comfort a child who loses a baby because they are no more. I know we have to buy last-minute gifts, and we have to make sure things are baked, and because we love our family, and we want to have a a wonderful 
family time, and that's all very important. Most important thing is that we worship Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel. Because without him coming, God would not be with us, and we would be lost, headed for hell. You're God bless you. So tonight, if you come, I'm going to sound, this is going to sound, you're going to think I'm crazy. If you bring somebody with you, we will have a free CD. And we will have Jesus, who is free as well. One takes care of the soul, and the other encourages you. And we want Caleb to come with his musicians. You train these guys, don't you? They, they, they're good. Yeah, wasn't that song fantastic? Give that song a... They even knew all the words. That was, was great. We're not done. We're going to celebrate tonight in preparation for tomorrow. Somewhere back in history on the 25th of December, back in history, somewhere, someplace, somebody said the 25th of December was the day we worshiped the first advent, the coming of Christ. It was in a mid-Bible study, weren't we? And a guy did not know what advent was, and we were able to explain it to him. It was exciting. He said, God with us. That's what that means. God with us. Can you imagine not having God? Can you imagine? Maybe you don't have him today. Maybe you just think you're religious and good and all that stuff, and you don't have God. Well, let me tell you, you can have God, and he can be with you personally. And he can walk with you through the most terrible, difficult situations in your life. And he can give you purpose and he can make you feel like you belong. If you want to know that God is with you personally, come up here. I'd love to introduce you to Jesus Christ. We're going to sing a song. Let's stand. Father God, bless us. If there's somebody here who wants to have God with them personally, take away the fear the enemy's given them right now. Should I do it? Should I not do it? In Jesus' name, get away from this person. And let the Holy Spirit of the living God fill them and draw them to you that they may have eternal life. One. December the 24th, 2023. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing. If you need prayer, come up. I'd love to pray with you. Please come. If you're afraid to come by yourself, bring somebody with you.